Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, the phone tapping scandal that rocked the state and ultimately led to the downfall of Charles Hawhey. In 1981, the Fianna Fáil government ordered the tapping of journalists' phones to find out who was leaking damaging government secrets to the press. And the factual situation was and is that a telephone system existed within Leinster House whereby telephone calls could be listened to of ministers, of TDs, of journalists, etc. It was a disgraceful negligence, to say the least, that such a system should have existed. The scandal was huge, but it would take a decade for the fallout to hit. As far as I'm concerned, there's no truth whatsoever in them. I have no knowledge whatever of any, any of this, these activities, uh, and I know nothing about them, nor does the government as such know anything about them. I'm Tabitha Monaghan, and today I'm joined by Sunday independent journalist Liam Collins to take us back through Ireland's very own Watergate. Liam, the phone hacking scandal was a massive story when it broke in the early 80s. But paint us a picture of Ireland in the 80s, the political landscape. Yeah, the, uh, there was a lot of political tension at the time between um, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and between their leaders, Charlie Hawhey, who was known as the boss, and Gareth Fitzgerald, who was known as Gareth the Good. Good evening and welcome to the final Today Tonight programme of the general election campaign. Tonight in studio, we are joined by the men who had the two largest parties in the state, Dr. Gareth Fitzgerald, leader of Fianna Gael, and Charles Hawhey, leader of Fianna Fáil. So it was, there was an atmosphere of good versus evil in the air at the time. And over that period of 81, 82, there were three different elections. And it was uh, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael again. So yeah, there was a lot going on at the time and um, politics was pretty raw. And added to the kind of atmosphere was the tension within Fianna Fáil itself. Um, between the the uh, Charlie Hockey, who was the party leader and Taoiseach, and Desi O'Malley, who was trying to uh, oust him from power. 
it was very different to what we see now with the two parties sharing power. Oh, completely different. I mean, there was not only was the rivalry, there was enmity between certain people. There was, there's always, you know, TDs who go to the bar and have a drink with each other. But in this case, at that time, there was a lot of enmity between sections of both parties, particularly the haughty wing of Fianna Fáil and, and Garrett Fitzgerald, who was advocating the um, a constitutional crusade to bring in contraception and divorce, things that we think are, are very normal these the days. Campaign. Speaking for my own party, <clears throat> in the case of Fine Gael, we would also uh, be supporting it for the electorate. In thus providing the people with an opportunity to express itself on this subject, the parties in government are conscious that divergent views may be held on whether the introduction of divorce on the restrictive basis proposed is for the social good or is necessary for the relief of cases of marriage breakdown where spouses have entered into or proposed entry into another union. And that filtered down into even people's houses. You had the Fianna Fáil families and you had the Fianna Gael families. Oh, and there yes. was those divisions even then. There were, and uh, people followed the line. They, they voted for their party and their children voted, you know. So it was something that was kind of coming to an end but hadn't... Uh, ended at that time. So bring us back to the scandal which was happening in the middle of all what you're describing there. How did it break and what were the allegations? Well, the scandal broke in 1983 when the new Minister for Justice, Michael Noonan of Fine Gael, came to power. And there had been rumours swirling around that the previous government were tapping the phones of journalists. And Michael Noonan didn't really have far to look. He, he simply asked some civil servant, whose phones are we tapping? And these two names jumped out. The previous government of Charlie Hawhey, there was a certain amount of paranoia about, you know, uh, leaks from Cabinet. And obviously, Charlie Hawhey had gone to his Minister for Justice, uh, Sean Doherty, and complained about these leaks. And Darty, who was a former um, Garda detective himself, he was from Roscommon and very so, uh, solidly behind Charlie, decided it was a matter of national security. And as we would discover, he then went to his the second most senior Garda in the country, a man who was also colourful, Joe Ainsworth. He was Deputy Commissioner of the Guards and he was known in the force as Two-Gun Joe because he carried two revolvers. And uh, he asked Joe Ainsworth to conduct uh, phone tapping on certain people. Now, phone tapping was not illegal in any sense. I mean, it was one of the arms of the, the security services, a tool of the security services. So... But there were certain procedures that had to be followed. They had to have pretty good cause for tapping people's phones. And I would think it had to be to do with crime or, crime or, or subversion. security against the yeah, state. Yeah, they, the security of the state. But Sean Doherty believed that what was leaks from cabinet were a breach of security of the state. But he didn't go through the proper procedures when he asked for certain uh, journalists' phones to be tapped. 
So the story was broken by an Irish Times journalist, Peter Murta. When that became public knowledge, how did the public react to that? Well, the public, they were they were kind of used to, I mean, they were used to scandals. These were what we called the goo-boo years, you know, and um, there was a succession of different scandals. Had, And some of them were serious, some of them were not quite. But what uh, Michael Noonan discovered in the files of the Department of Justice were that two journalists' phones were being tapped. Bruce Arnold, who was a commentator and a columnist with the Irish Independent, and Geraldine Kennedy, who was a um, political correspondent of the Irish Times. And they... Um, I think that Bruce Arnold had come to Ireland. He was an Englishman, which... It added to the Fianna Fáil kind of enmity towards him. He had originally come over as a scriptwriter for Charlie Hawhey, and then they had a very uh, big falling out, and he was virulent anti-Hawhey at the time. Two journalists at the centre of the tapping expressed their views tonight of the resignation. Uh, I think it's quite clear that the, uh, they were asked to do something and agreed to do something for political uh, motivation. It, it was uh, quite clear that, that there was... Uh, that there were no grounds for uh, the tap in, in uh, relation to us being either subversives or involved in crime, and that they therefore uh, colluded in activities which were um, uh, for political uh, ends. What did Michael Noonan's subsequent investigation find? Well, it found that their phones had been tapped and that from there they went to find out how this had had undergone the process. Basically, they discovered that Sean Doherty had gone straight to to Joe Ainsworth, the Garda Deputy Commissioner, and that the surveillance had been carried out on the phones of the two journalists. Whether it was illegal or not was a matter of contention, but um, it certainly gave rise to a lot of public disquiet that the government were um, using such methods against legitimate journalists. I mean, there was a kind of a Cold War feel to phone tapping and uh, that people were entitled to their privacy. My immediate predecessor, Mr. Doherty, initiated both taps and that because the, the, this was complied with and this pressure was complied with, the checks and balances which should operate within the system no longer operated. The resignations of the police officers have been followed here tonight by demands for a judicial inquiry, particularly into the role of the former Prime Minister, Mr Charles Hockey, in this widespread abuse of government and police powers. Initially, the Department of Justice tried to defend the action on the grounds that it was a matter of national security. But even people in Fianna Fáil were, were, were upset. And, you know, because they didn't regard journalists as enemies. They regarded them as, uh, they might be unfair at times or regard them as unfair, but they felt they were, you know, there was a good relationship between the two. And the fallout was that the Garda Commissioner Patrick McLaughlin and his deputy Joe Ainsworth discovered that the government had lost confidence in them. Um, there were calls for them to resign, uh, which they resisted. And in the weeks of 
early weeks of January 1983, both of them retired within days of each other, which was kind of an Irish solution to an Irish problem because they kept their pensions and entitlements. And there are people who believe that they actually didn't do anything wrong, that the person who who uh, was in the wrong here was the Minister for Justice, or former Minister for Justice, um, Sean Doherty, and he was expelled from the Fianna Fáil party. But, so were the Gardaí, were they made scapegoats, essentially? Well, the two senior guards were were certainly, the government had lost confidence, said that it had lost confidence in them, in that they had allowed the Minister for Justice to dictate what was security policy. I mean, he, he may have had been right, had the right to ask for people's phones to be tapped, but they didn't have to necessarily carry out his orders. It was a matter for security. Um, but Sean Doherty maintained at the time in 1983 very strongly that he had carried out this because it was a matter of national security, that he hadn't discussed it with the Fianna Fáil cabinet and that he had not discussed it with the Taoiseach, his boss, Charlie Hawhey. As far as I'm concerned, there's no truth whatsoever in them. I have no knowledge whatever of any, any of this, these activities, uh, and I know nothing about them, nor does the government as such know anything about them. But then, as I've explained on previous occasions, we wouldn't, because uh, the Taoiseach and the government of the day don't necessarily know anything of these things. These things how much or how much do we know Charles Hawhey knew about this? I mean, did he order it or was that purely Sean Doherty? Did he, was he informed that it was happening? We would find out much, much later that he certainly knew about it and was informed. But it's unlikely that he actually ordered it himself. He wasn't that kind of person. But he would have known that if he complained about certain journalists to Sean Doherty, that his minister would do what was required. Why were these journalists really targeted, though? Like, what were the stories that they were writing that the Fianna Fáil party, what Sean Doherty and Charles Hawhey weren't happy about? Bruce Arnold was was a commentator and columnist. So the information he was getting from within government, the tensions in around the cabinet table between various factions of Fianna Fáil, uh, and Geraldine Kennedy the same. So they were, they were getting very good information about the internal workings of the cabinet, the divisions between what was the the Hawhey faction and, and other factions who were trying to oust him as leader of Fianna Fáil. What did the former Taoiseach say and Sean Doherty say after the publication of Michael Noonan's report? Did they did they deny knowing anything? Well, they denied. It, no, Sean Doherty stood. Um, he went on radio. He felt there was a national security issue and that he felt it was justified in tapping their phones. Um and he said, um, Mr. Hawhey did not know that I was tapping these journalists' phones, uh, but I did it out of concern for the security of my country. And it was never at any stage discussed by the government. The other two that are involved in this, Geraldine Kennedy and Bruce Arnold, how did they respond when they found out? Well, as it turned out, there was three involved. There was Bruce Arnold, but his wife, Mavis Arnold, who was uh, also a writer, 
was also very concerned that her home telephone was being tapped. So along with Geraldine Kennedy, and they, as journalists, Geraldine Kennedy and Bruce Arnold would have known each other pretty well at the time. So they they went to their solicitors, and within a relatively short time, they issued legal proceedings against the government. And what about Hawhey and all this? How did he react? Hawhey did what he usually did. He kept very quiet. He uh, didn't answer any questions, and he got on with being leader of the opposition and fending off uh, what were called heaves from within his own party to unseat him from power. Liam, looking back over all this, the reason that the phones of the two journalists were tapped was to find out who was leaking information to them and then it ended up in the newspapers. Did they find out? No, we we found out whose phones were being tapped and we found out who's, uh, who was tapping them. And it was a great story. But in actual facts, it never emerged uh, who was leaking cabinet secrets or who they were leaking them to. Because um, in even in the trial, it was never revealed what was in the transcripts of the telephone conversations that were tapped to Geraldine Kennedy and Bruce Arnold. So what was the end of the whole thing? What happened in 1986, it came to court. The Department of Justice employed some very, very eminent lawyers to defend the case. And uh, they felt they had a justifiable case. It emerged in uh, later. But in fact, uh, Judge uh, Liam Hamilton uh, found in favor of the three defendants in the case. And he awarded um, Geraldine Kennedy and Bruce Arnold £20,000 each, and he he awarded Mavis Arnold, who was Bruce's wife, £10,000. And there the matter seemed to come to an end. For all intents and purposes, it was buried and forgotten about until November 1991. So like another decade later almost. A decade, yes. It was exactly almost a decade later when... Charlie Hawhey fell out with one of his most prominent supporters a decade before, Albert Reynolds. And when Albert Reynolds said he could no longer express confidence in Mr. Hawhey as as leader of Fianna Fáil, uh, in November 91, he was expelled from the party. And at this stage, the... um, what were known as the country and western wing of Fianna Fáil which included Albert Reynolds, Porig Flynn and Sean Doherty, they were all country TDs and ministers, decided that something had to be done. They got together and they discussed various things. But how it actually transpired was that Charlie Hawhey had also taken a very large sum of money from uh, Saudi businessmen for passports. And another TD, John O'Connell, had gone to him and told him that if he didn't resign, he was going to expose this, another scandal. Um, The two men eventually agreed that Charlie would be given time and space to go in his own time. But in the meantime, 
There was a program, a very good program on RTE called Nighthawks. It was one of those kind of loose programs where people sat around drinking bottles of beer, talking about politics, scandal, what was going on in life. And it was very late at night, very informal. And it was presented by the wonderful Shay Healy, who wrote Ireland's Eurovision hit, What's Another Year? And he decided to have it down in Roscommon. There must have been some talk that we're too Montrose-centred. We need to get out in the country and talk to the real people. And they picked a, a bar in Castlereagh County, Roscommon, called Hell's Kitchen to make an, uh, a programme. And uh, Sean Doherty, being a local man, was the star of the show. During the programme... He said to Shay Healy, the, the phone tapping issue was raised, and he said to Shay Healy that he was very let down by other people and how he had been treated. Now, he didn't really go into the specifics of the thing, but he said to Shay Healy afterwards, you have a good story there if you broadcast it. And so it was leaked, I think, to one of the newspapers, and they began to trawl back through the phone tapping of 10 years earlier. And the conclusion was that what Sean Doherty had said, in an oblique kind of way, was that Charlie Hawhey was aware, always, at, of the phone tapping. And then pressure came on um, Sean Doherty to actually clarify what he had said. Uh, no, the situation at that time was that I had a job to do. Uh, there was a decision taken in Cabinet that uh, the, the, the prevention of the leaking of matters from Cabinet must be stopped. I, as Minister for Justice, had a great responsibility for doing that. I did that. I do feel that I was let down by the fact that people people knew and what I was doing. Did that betray any naivety in yourself that you thought that, that they'd stand by you when the time came? I did believe that I had an obligation to fulfil a constitution obligation to establish who was taking information out of the most important boardroom in the country and making it available without authority uh, to the national media and to uh, others. And I felt that that was wrong. So also did my colleagues in cabinet feel that was wrong. And consequently, I was required to ensure that that would be stopped. And I consulted uh, with the authorities at that time. And one of the methods that uh, was decided upon was the telephone Sean Doherty uh, said on the programme, I do feel that I was let down by the fact that people knew what I was doing. And the newspapers got hold of this and began to trawl back 10 years earlier to the phone tapping. And they connected the two. And so pressure came more on Doherty to actually explain what he was saying. So on the 21st of January 1993, he held a press conference in the Montrose Hotel. And in it, he said that Mr. Hawhey was fully aware, 1982, that two journalist telephones were being tapped and he expressed no reservations about it. And in fact, that he had given Mr. Hawhey transcripts of the telephone conversations. And that's really damning, isn't it? It was damning and 
it was also a, 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 the stick almost that broke the camel's back. It was just there was too many scandals around Mr. Hahi, and it, this really piled the pressure on him. And he basically resigned within days, saying that he had done the state some service. And of course, he was not only leader of Fianna Fáil, but he was also Taoiseach at the time. So in a way, he he was taken out by his old allies in the, the country and Western set, if you like. Liam Collins, thank you. Thank you. My thanks to Liam Collins for joining me today. I'm Tabitha Monaghan, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Mary Carroll with sound by John Smith. Clips from RTE and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, make sure to like, follow, and leave us a review. We're offering Indo Daily listeners 50% off an Irish independent digital subscription. Head over to independent.ie forward slash redeem to sign up for unlimited access to premium content, e-paper, puzzles and more. Just enter the code INDO, that's I-N-D-O, to receive 50% off your subscription. Stay informed and engage. Subscribe today.